Okay. Rabotai. Those of you who've learned Dafyomi recently, there is a Gemara, apparently, that there's a Gemara that says the following that an Ama Aritz, you're allowed to kill even on. Not that one. Even on Yom Kippur, Shechaliyot b'Shabbat. And I'm Aritz. You're allowed to kill even on the holiest day, the holy of holies. Now, those of us who know that the Gemara has hidden secrets to it, Rabbi Yaakov in his Farim always helps us understand the Rimazim and the depth. That you don't see at the beginning. We wonder what is the Gemara trying to tell us over here. On Yom Kippur, Shechaliot b'Shabbat, you're allowed to kill Amaritz. So the <laughs> it's not so funny. <laughs> so the Benish Chai writes like this. The Benish Chai writes that when you see somebody who's so far off that even on the holiest day that's possible. He won't be able to do Teshuvah, which is the day of Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day. On that day, you should go, you should, you should kill him. What does that mean, you should kill him? You should go after and be motzi the nitzotzot kedusha. Arak, take away the nitzotzot kedusha. How? Through the Shem Hashem of Kabel, Nyat Amecha, Sagabenu Tarenu Nora, which is, which is, Kra is Rashid Tevot Arak. Arak in Aramaic means take out the Nitzotzot of Kedusha. That means bring him back to Teshuvah. Even if he has no hope, you go there and you take out his Nitzotzot Kedusha. And that's what Arak is. Arak is that we're being Motsi the Nitzotzot Kedusha based on this Benish So first we'll start off with like this Lechaim. Lechaim. Baruch I made a. I'm in the middle of a Motsi. We didn't know it was going to go. Lechaim. Lechaim. We know you didn't drink yet. Yeah. I drank, I drank. The bottom's up. The bottom's up. Stop yourself. Okay. Okay. Oh, Dawid. Chazaku Baruch. What are you guys drinking over there? Juice. What are you drinking? But I wanted to say something in regards to this year. One of the special midot of Baba Sali that every year I feel that on a the biggest benefit a person gets is when he delves into the midot of the tzaddik and he learns from him. So this is one midah that I was thinking of this year that we could learn a lot from Baba Saleh because Baba Saleh tried very, very hard most of his life to remain, to remain hidden. To remain hidden. After his brother was killed at Pikidu Shashem in the year 1917, Baba Saleh a few years later decided to move to Eretz Israel. He went to Yerushalayim. He sat in the yeshiva of Porat Yosef. They say the following. He would get there very early. Wouldn't move from his seat all night in the corner and learn all day. He was was in his 30s. He was born in 1889. So this is the 20s. He was in his 30s. Early 30s. And Baba Saleh 
did not want to be known. Rav Ezra Atiyah came to him. Rav Ezra Atiyah was the, uh, the Rosh Hashiva. They say he had a mind like the mind of Rishonim. He was the Rav of, of course, Rav Ben Shino Barashaul, Rav Ovadia Yosef, and many other of the Sephardic uh, Rabbanim that they were in the next generation. And he would plead with him for him to be the Rosh Hashiva. He says, you be the Rosh Hashiva. And Baba Sali would say, you, you don't know, I have nothing to me. He says, you have Anava. So Baba Sali answered him, in English you would say, ability before humility. He's saying, I'm not humble, I have nothing to be humble about. That's why I'm, you see that I'm humble, I have nothing to be humble about. That's what, that's what he would, so they have this argument back and forth. And Baba Sali would, would literally, he was in Eretz Israel for years, sitting and learning, not wanting to be known to anyone. He moved eventually... He also went to Teveria. That's where he met Rabbi Yaakov ben Atar, who wrote the famous piyut Ashirana, Alichvod Maranar, Rabbi Yaakov ben Ero, I'm sorry, who wrote Eroch Ba'alal Nivi, who was also one of the great Mikubalim in the yeshivot in, in Yerushalayim, Teveria. They begged him to stay until one day his, his Rav, Rabbi Moshe Torjaman, told him, it's time to go back. Baba Sali was a great Rav in his own light. He didn't have to listen to his Rebbe. But it showed an Hidbatlut, it showed a, a nullification. He says, Rebbe goes back, he went back. He goes back, he went back, he went back to Morocco to lead the yeshiva and to lead, and that, that's how we all know that Baba Salih's whole life was learning in yeshiva. We recently read a story, Avi and I, last week that, that one day, Babai Lazar says that, that he saw this happen. This is to give you a concept of, of, uh, of, of, of who, they, who, they, who he was. After Shacharit, every day, him and Baba Meir wearing tefillin would go into a, a room, and they would study. They would. They would. They were going to study Gemara. Rashitosfot in depth be'iyun. That's what they would do all day. He didn't go and, and perform miracles. He was sitting learning Gemara Rashitosfot every day with his feeding on. But by Lazar went in, went into the room with them, and as they're learning, there's a knock on the door. It's a knock on the door. They ignore it. They keep on learning. It's their time for learning. It's not their time for answering questions. Uh, he keeps on going and he keeps on, uh, they keep on learning and the knocking on the door becomes more and more persistent until they look at each other and say they, have, they don't have a choice. They look at each other, they quickly take off their talit and tefillin, they put it inside the table, they take the gemara, they close it, put it inside the table, they take out chokli Israel and they sit and they're learning and look at this, like open up. And Babai Lazar says he saw all of this happen. Did they have to show anyone that they're learning? Nowadays, anybody who has any something to it, look, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. Please, please, please look how great I am. They were the opposite. They were, they were looking to hide as much as they can. Eventually, after being a while in Morocco, he returned to Eretz Yisrael in the 1950s. And there in the 1950s, he really didn't want to stay in Eretz Yisrael. He was very uh, disenchanted. He saw that there was a lot of secularism that steeped in. It wasn't like it was in the 1920s. It was much more, you know, the much more of the uh, of a secular type of atmosphere that was in there. And he wanted to leave. He went to Tel Aviv to uh, to consult with the Belzerebi at the time. Belzerebi uh, told him, "You have to stay." He wrote a letter, the letter to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Rebbe told him, "You have to stay in Eretz Yisrael." He he. Yeah, he wanted to go down. Probably, probably, maybe, maybe. And he 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 wrote a letter to the Chaz- he went to the, he went to consult with the Chazonish. The Chazonish told him you have to stay. Everybody told him you have to stay. At the end, he didn't stay because there was something that happened that I. It's not. It's not. I'm not really sure what happened, but there was something that happened. They had to go back to Morocco. So he went back to Morocco, and he spent many more years leading the community until later, later on, he moved to Eretz Yisrael. He settled into Netivot, where there was no Torah, 
And that's where we know, and that's where people started coming, coming to him for brachot and yeshuot. And then people started getting to know him. In Morocco, he was well known already. But people, people recognized his greatness and, and he, uh, he, he, he would give out water. And they asked him, why did you, why would you give a, why would you give water as a bracha? He says, people want something tangible. People want something to feel. He says, but all it is is imuna. If a person has imuna, and he has belief that Hashem could 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 could, uh, could bring him Yeshua. There will be there will be a Yeshua. I used to say Aleph Bet Aleph Emuna Bet Beracha. If you're gonna have Emuna afterwards, the Beracha was gonna come. That was what he kept on 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 saying. He kept on telling people, "Don't think that I have any miracles to me. All it is obviously that he had. There was many many miracles, and we could sit all day talking all night talking about his uh, about the Muftim. But it came from a point." That he was midbatel totally to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He totally nullified himself. So I think it's a behoo- it behooves us on this day of the Sirula to learn that midah of humility. That means that we that we that we understand that we have great potential in us, but we know it comes from Hashem. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything because we say we're nothing. That means we know we have tremendous koach, but we know it all it all comes from Hashem. And we use it appropriate, and we use it with the with the tremendous responsibility that we have invested in us. That is the midah that I think that we should learn from Baba Saleh on this on this night of Ezirula. Even in Los Angeles, where we're far away, we are once away, again not far away. Not far away. We are we are we are connecting. We are connecting to the tzaddik. I said I I said over on Shabbat the following thought. I'll leave you with. I said over on Shabbat the following thought that. That people ask us, we have a Moroccan uh, minyan. So people ask us, what's this, uh, what's this Moroccan minyan? Well, you're in Morocco. Well, you want to be in Morocco still? You, you, uh, do I want to go back to Tunisia or do I want to go back to, uh, to, 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 to Syria? You know, I'll get killed in a minute. What's this infatuation with Morocco? What's this, what's this uh, love relationship with Morocco? Honestly, that's, that's, forget about it. What connection do you have to Morocco? But what are you looking for? So let me tell you something about that. This is what I this is what I said. We're not looking for the land or the 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 government that they treated us nicely. We have a karatatov. Of course, you have to recognize that. But that's not what we're going for. What we're going is to connect to a certain uh, tradition of Vodat Hashem that we absorbed. From our parents and our grandparents on Avodat Hashem. It was a form of understanding of Avodat Hashem with intense Shmirata Mitzvot, with Dikdukam Mitzvot, coupled with Emunat Sadikim and Emunat Chachamim, coupled with the fact that you could, that, that, that you had tremendous Chesed and, 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 um, and and an ayin tova, a good eye to the other person, just giving to the other person, and the generosity not taking. That's what we want to take. We want to take the the midot of what that we saw. Howard Sadikim were oved avodat Hashem. Everybody has their path in avodat Hashem. There's all types of path of Udat Hashem. And when we talk about our Sadikim in Morocco, we're saying we want to emulate that path of avodat Hashem because that's what we learned from. That's where we come from. That's that's our forefathers what they taught to us and that's what we want to give over to our children that's when we that's when we discuss that 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 that, that, that great 
belief that and and vikut et tzadikim coupled with tremendous avodat Hashem, Baruch Hashem, everyone in Kol Israel, all, all all factions of avodat Hashem have have their particular flavor in avodat Hashem, and we throughout the generations as we go by, we have to remember what our tzaddikim taught to us and continue that shalshelet and that masoret and that is part of the connection on this day of the Hilula. Amen. Kenyan Ratzon. Hazaku Baruch.